Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Church Podcast. series called The Hot Seat, a conversation on controversy, and as we get into this message, um, I started researching some weird laws that are in the U.S. Um, that, that are just like, man, that, that's a really weird law. So um, some of these aren't going to affect you. Some of you, um, a lot of us in this place, we would go to jail if we lived in these states. Um, and so we're going to start with number five. In Indiana, it's illegal to catch a fish with your bare hands. Um, absolutely illegal. I think you should get a plaque or a medal if you can catch a fish with your bare hands. Like, bam, you need a fish, here you go. But you know what I'm saying? I'm like, why are you going to punish someone for having reflexes like that? Um, so Indiana, it's illegal to catch a fish with your bare hands. In Maine, and this, this one makes me smile really big as I read it. I was like, and the reason is because somebody had to have done this in order for it to be illegal to do. In Maine, it's illegal to post advertisements on another person's tombstone. Like, you've got a captive audience right there, so why not? Somebody's like, this would be a great time to advertise my business, you know, buy insurance with this person. Um, so, <laughs> life insurance, have you thought about it lately? Anyways, um, so somebody's actually thought about that. I'm like, that is fantastic. People never cease to amaze me. In Oklahoma, and I believe this is a law in Alabama, it is illegal to wrestle a bear. Um, this is why I always say a bear wouldn't dare. In fact, after our second service, some of you guys know Chad Craig. He is just really tall. He looks like a bear. Um, he's got the body of a bear. He's this massive man. He goes, Justin, I've actually wrestled a bear when I was in high school. I go, I have no doubt that you have, Chad. Um, so, um, sorry, you can't do that anymore. Um, law, law two and law one, um, for the majority of us in this place, you would either get fined or go to jail for these two laws. In Rockville, Rockville, Maryland, it is illegal to curse and swear while driving on any street or highway. Um, people ask me all the time, why don't we have Foundation Church bumper stickers? This is why. Um, because um, it may say, follow me to Foundations Church, but you're not giving them this finger when you're putting your finger out or even the thumbs up. Um, it's a totally different thing. Um, so 
And then number one, I'm telling you, every time, every service so far, you just kind of hear this. Oh, in Tennessee, it's illegal to share your Netflix password with other people. You're going to jail. You're going to jail. You, 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 me, um, and our children's director who let me use his uh, Netflix password for a long time because um, I had no idea what it was. He's like, you try this. I'm like, it's better than Blo-. I'm like, it's better than Blockbuster, really, like better than Blockbuster video, Sammy. Yeah. Um, so here's the deal, and here's why I'm reading these to you. Um, we read these rules, we read these laws that it's illegal to catch a fish in Indiana, right? If we're not careful, we can say, well, it must be bad if you can catch a fish with your bare hands because it's illegal. It doesn't make it inherently bad or inherently good just because it's legal or illegal. In fact, I read a law, I think it's South Dakota, that it's illegal to fall asleep in a cheese factory. Like, what? It must be a problem in South Dakota. I know it's not Wisconsin, because that would kind of make sense. But I'm like, so, so if you fall asleep in a cheese factory, you know, it doesn't mean that you're going to hell and that it's wrong, right? Like, I mean, I think we can all understand this. But, but here's what is happening with us as a culture, especially within the church. We think just because something is legal, it's right. And just because something is illegal, it's wrong. But as followers of Christ, that's not always the case. It's not right just because it's legal, and it's not wrong just because it's illegal. There's got to be something bigger that decides what is morally right and what is morally wrong. Today, as we um, get into the message, we're going to be talking about the number one submitted topic in this series. Um, in fact, it was 90% of all the submissions that came in was about this topic in some way and in some form. And so today we're going to be speaking on the topic and the subject of homosexuality. And the two questions were this. The questions was, were, what is the church's responsibility when it comes to the LGBTQT uh, uh, culture, and and is homosexuality a sin? And and let me just be real honest. Today, here's what I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask for no feedback. I'm going to ask, that means no amens, no clapping, no get them graves, Um, nothing, (laughs) nothing, anybody's done that. I dare somebody to do it next week. Um, But um, because a misplaced amen, a misplaced clap could really offend somebody because here's what I understand and here's what you understand and here's what I know and you know and every one of us knows it. This is a really hypersensitive topic. It's a really hypersensitive subject. And so I'm going to ask that we would just listen and we would listen to what the Word of God says and listen to your pastor. But, but here's the number one goal of today. It is to build bridges to Jesus and not to build walls of religion. That's the goal. The goal of today's message is not to build walls up of religion, but to build bridges that lead people to a relationship, a personal relationship to Jesus Christ. To be real honest and to be real transparent, I didn't want to talk on this topic because it's so sensitive, because it is so touchy. In fact, I preached on this five years ago in 2014. Um, And it was sensitive then, and it's become even more of an issue and even more sensitive now. So here's what I'm going to ask. If you're watching online, if you are here today, I'm going to ask for you to stay for the whole message. 
Not for you to listen to a part of it and then leave because you're only going to get part of the truth, part of the whole picture that is painted in the Bible. But I'm going to ask you to listen to stuff because the reality is for some of us in this place, it's going to rub, this message is going to rub you the wrong way. For some of you, it may offend you. But what I have found out is that when we truly apply the Word of God and we listen to the Word of God and not what society says, is sometimes that rubs us the wrong way. So here's what I want us to do as we get ready to start. I want us to bow our heads and I want us to pray. Let's pray. Jesus, we come before you today. And God, I pray that you would be with us and that you would help us, um, that you would help me to communicate your heart and your word on this. And God, I pray that you would give us ears to hear, hearts to understand, and to receive what you would want to speak to us today. And that as a result of your word going forth, it does not return void, but it's always a benefit to our life. So, Lord, be with us today. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Um, one of the things that I did on uh, our, our first sermon on this series when we talked about politics, and in the last three weeks we've talked about politics, racism, and homosexuality. We, we, I, I think I'm, oh, my hair is going to fall out soon. Um, um, we, we, I talked about what my role is as a pastor, as um, as your pastor, as the pastor of Foundation Church, what is my role as described by the Word of God? And it says this, and, and Paul is talking to his young apprentice, Timothy, and he says this, and he charges Timothy as Timothy is in charge of a church. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, he says, work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth, who correctly handles the scriptures, right? He says this in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 5. It says, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom, preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. Jesus said this to his disciples in Luke 6, 26, out of the message. He said, there's trouble ahead when you live only for the approval of others. Saying what flatters them, doing what indulges them, popularity contests are not truth contests. Look how many scoundrel preachers were approved by your ancestors. Your task is to be true, not popular. This is my task. This is my role as your pastor today is to speak truth. It is to preach the word 
of God. It's not to preach my opinion about this. It's not to preach what society thinks about this. Not to preach what some political party thinks about this or that. But to preach what does the Bible say about this topic. And so I want us to understand as we go through this, Ephesians chapter 4, which is really, really, man, just really accurate for us as a church. Um, The church at Ephesus is very similar to our church. Says this, Paul says this to the church in Ephesus in chapter 4, verses 14 through 15. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced. Check this part out. When people try to trick us with lies so clever, they sound like the truth. Right? That, that's where we're at. It, it sounds like the truth. And people can twist scripture and they can twist this to fit their narrative. But the goal is not that we would bite. Not that we would be tricked with lies so clever. They sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. Growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. So today, understand, as your pastor, man, I want everything for you. I don't want anything from you. And today, I'm going to be speaking the truth, but it's going to be covered and traveling with love. Because truth on its own is way too harsh. And love on its own gets really sloppy. But when truth and love travel together, it is a powerful, powerful thing. So let's answer the first question. We've kind of set all this up. What is the church's responsibility when it comes to the LGBTQ community? What is our responsibility? What's our response going to be as Foundations Church? And what should the responsibility be of the church in general? It's our first point today. Our job is to love everyone welcome everyone, and not point out everyone's sin. Our job is to love everyone, to welcome everyone, and not point out everyone's sin. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through 8 says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God, and anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. If we were to be real honest, and if we were to be really transparent when it comes to the relationship of the church in general and the LGBTQ community, it hasn't been real good. It's been really divisive. It's been an us versus them mentality. And any time that a business would come out and support of the, 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 the gay community, the LGBTQ community, what was the church's response? We boycott, right? We boycott Disney. We boycott Girl Scout cookies. That's working really well. They're hurting, by the way. Um, we, we boycott Amazon. We boycott Google. We boycott Starbucks. We boycott, you know, Target, whatever it may be. And, and, and that has been the response that this community has really seen, for the most part, from the church. It's been the Westboro Baptist churches that get out there and picket and have these signs and they're protesting and they're picketing and they're saying these horrible, horrible, mean-hearted things. And hear me, if you're in that community, if that's what you have experienced as a pastor of a church, and that has not been the heart of Foundations Church, 
But as a pastor of a church, I want to apologize to you that that's been your experience. And what I want you to know is four things. First one is this, you matter. You matter to God is the second one. You matter to Foundations Church and you matter to me as a pastor. Hear me. If you've been hurt, if you've been wounded, man, you matter. God, God sees you and you matter to God and you matter to Foundation Church. You are welcome here. And you matter to me as a pastor. What, what's our response as a church supposed to be? What's our duty when it comes to the LGBTQ community? Our job and our role is this. It's to welcome everyone. It's to love everyone. And it's not to point out their sin and their sin and their sin and that sin. But it's to love others so that Christ can do the changing. That's our job. That's our role and responsibility as a follower of Christ. It is not to judge them. It is not to pre-qualify people who are going to come into this church. It's to welcome people in and love them. That's our job. Now, the second question was this, is homosexuality a sin? It is homosexuality a sin? And this, this is where it gets real uncomfortable, right? This is where everybody's kind of leaning in and wondering what I'm going to say. Well, for us to understand this and for us to keep going further, we've got to understand this next point. And we can't just understand this point. We can't just be like, oh, okay, you've got to really surrender to this point. And you've got to accept this point and yield to this point that it is your 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 reality as a follower of Christ. And the point is simply this. The Bible is greater than my feelings. The Bible is greater than my feelings. As a follower of Christ, this is huge. Here, here's the great thing, and this is what's taken a lot of stress off of me. I don't dictate what is right or wrong. You don't dictate what is right or wrong. Not how you feel about something doesn't make it right or wrong. In fact, I could get up here and say, you know what? I put a can of Coke up here and I say, I, if you don't like Coke, you're nasty. If you like Pepsi over Coke, you have sin in your life and you need to repent because Coke is made of red, which represents the blood of Christ, and white, which brings the redemption of Christ. You know, I could, I could make it the whole Jesus bracelet, right? You know, I could, I could do this. I could get up here and say, Taco Bueno is way better than Taco Bell. And even though that's true, right? Even though that's true, it doesn't make it a fact just because I'm a foodie who's passionate about food and drinks and all. No, 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 no. That may be the way I feel about it, but just because I feel a certain way doesn't make it true or false. There's got to be something bigger than my feelings. There's got to be something bigger than culture's feelings. There's got to be something bigger than, than our government's feelings about whether something is right or wrong, true or false. And so as a follower of Christ, we understand my, my, the Bible is way bigger. It's way greater than my feelings about an issue. 
And to kind of illustrate this more, we go to the Word of God. It says this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 through 17. It says, all Scripture is inspired by God. Not by man, not by a person, but by God. And it's useful to teach us, there it is, what is true. What's actually true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Every single one of us. It shows us what's true and what is wrong. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. It shows us what's true. It shows us what's false. It helps correct us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. He use, God uses it to prepare and equip us to engage in the good works he has for us. So the question is this, is homosexuality sin? Biggest, biggest question by far in this series. And for us to find the answer to that, we have to go to the word of God because it's greater than our feelings about an issue. And it says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 through 10. It says, don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or are abusive or cheap people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Here's where I want us to stop for just a second. The very beginning, before Paul lists out this whole gamut of things that keeps us from inheriting the kingdom of God, Paul says this, don't, don't fool yourselves. Don't, don't deceive yourself. Don't talk, going back to Ephesians 4, don't listen to something that's so close to the truth that you fall for it. The Word of God says this, is, is homosexuality a sin? Not according to Justin, not according to Foundation Church, but according to the Word of God, the answer is yes. Yes. And, and, and it makes us feel uncomfortable. It makes me feel uncomfortable. And, and here's why. Here's the big problem when it comes to the church and how we've dealt with this issue is that a lot of us, we have treated this issue and the church has treated this issue like I treat black jelly beans when it comes to a bag of jelly beans, right? I love jelly beans. I don't eat them much because me and sugar don't mix well. Um, I lose my ever-loving mind when sugar hits my system. I'm like, woo! Um, and so I don't have much of it. Um, so, But if I was to open this bag of jelly beans, the very first thing I would do is pick out all the black jelly beans because they're nasty, they're gross, they taste like licorice. Who wants to taste that? I think that's what hell will taste like. It's like the cucumber of jelly beans. Once you taste it, you can't get it out of your mouth, right? It's just it. And some people are like, I like black je licorice jelly beans. I'm like, I'll pray for your soul. Um, but here's the deal. When I open this bag, First thing I'm going to do is pick this out, pick this out, pick this out, pick this out, pick this out. Because I, do, I still don't, I don't understand how you like that taste in your mouth. Like it just, I'm like, it's not even good. It's not good. It's not good. It's not. It's like Brussels sprouts. It's not good. Oh, you haven't had them the way I cook them. I don't want them. I'm just telling you. And so we pick it out. And here's what's happened. For, for the church in the past, 
We've gone through all these things that Paul lists, those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols, who commit adultery or male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or thieves or greedy people or drunkards or abusive or cheap people. None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. And, and, And in this passage in the past, we got all caught up on homosexuality and we made it the black jelly bean of this list because we, for a lot of us, we couldn't understand how could somebody function like that? How, how could that be a temptation? The rest of this, we're like, well, I, I could see that. And Jesus says this. Jesus said this. He said, if you even look at a woman in lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. There's a lot of us, we're in trouble in this place. You know, we don't talk about greed. You know, what's amazing You know, money didn't get submitted by anybody for the hot seat topics. Like, nobody wanted to know more about tithing or giving. But but here's the reality of the Christian church in the United States. We are blessed beyond any other nation, and yet the Christian church in the United States tithes less than the rest of the world percentage-based. It's crazy. It's less. It's like 2% of followers of Christ in the church actually give and tithe. It's nuts. We won't talk about that because then it's going to make us all mad, right? Then it's just the pastor's money hungry. We won't talk about greed. We won't talk about all the other things. We won't talk about guys hooked on pornography because the stat is it's like 75% of guys that are hooked on pornography. And ladies, you aren't far behind it. We won't talk about all that because we kind of relate with that. But this one, not so much. And so we, in the past, we were talking and pointing at homosexuality like it was this one thing when all the sins are the same, right? All, all the sins in these lists are the same thing. One's not worse than the other, but, but here's what's happened now. In just the last probably 10 years, I would say, the opposite has happened. We'll talk about greed, right? Because we can all agree greed's not a good thing. We talk about adultery in this place. Yeah, adultery is not a good thing. You know, abuse, being abusive is not a good thing. Getting drunk is not a good thing. We can all be like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. But now we don't talk about the one word that Paul lists. And most pastors stay away from it because it says homosexuality. And we want to dismiss it as something other than what it is. And we want to excuse it. And, and here's why. Because we know people. Right, I, I know people, I have friends who are in the LGBTQ community. And I want to say, hey, you know, this, this is what the Bible says. Hey, this, because it makes us feel bad. It makes them feel bad. And, and so we want to dismiss it as a lifestyle. We want to dismiss it as this. But, but hear me, and this is our next point we've got to understand, is that if everything ceases to be a sin, then there ceases to be a need for a Savior. If, if we want to just dismiss this as this or as this or, man, I've just got an addiction and I've just got this lifestyle and I've just made poor. No, 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 no. If, if we keep dismissing everything and we don't call it what it is, then why did Jesus come to the earth in the first place? I'll tell you, you and I, every single one of us, we needed rescuing. We needed a Savior to pay a price for us that we couldn't pay ourselves. First John chapter 1 verse 8 through 9 says this, if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves 
and not living the truth. If we want to call it something else, John's saying this, and this is the same guy that said it is our job to love one another, right? This isn't about saying this is wrong and this is right. This is just saying, man, if we say that we don't have any sins and we dismiss it as something else, the Bible says you're only fooling yourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Most of us know this verse. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. All of us have a sinful nature in this place. And, and understand something. Heterosexual males have done way more damage to our culture than the homosexuals. We, we, the reason that there's sex trafficking, the reason that there's pornography all over the websites and, and the internet, the reason that there's prostitution is because of heterosexual men. There's been a whole lot of damage that has been done because we have followed our sinful nature and we want to excuse it as an addiction or this is the way that I would. But, but, but the Bible is saying this. No, 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 no. If, if we call it something other than what it is, we're just fooling ourselves. And if everything ceases to be a sin, if what Paul wrote in the Bible, you just say, well, I don't, I don't believe that. If, if everything ceases to be a sin, if you want to say, well, that's true for you, but not for me, man, Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He understood that there was going to be people that came and said, well, that may be true for you, but not for me. And he says, no, 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 I am the absolute truth. And this is why the word of God says it in 2 Timothy, that it teaches us what is true, right? As followers of Christ, the Bible is greater than my feelings. So, so we can't keep calling it something other than what it is. But the problem is this. It's such a hypersensitive topic that as I speak on it and as I teach about what the Bible says, here's the danger. Is that if I'm teaching something you don't believe, you call me a hater. You, I, I'm a bigot. And, and that's not the case. That's not the heart at all. It's that I am intolerant all of a sudden because I don't approve of the way you're living your life. And it's not that I'm intolerant. It's not that I'm a hater. It's not that, that if, if, if you believe what the Bible says that it's this hate book, it's that intolerance, intolerance, the meaning keeps changing. The, the line keeps moving. I love what Rick Warren says about tolerance. He says this, the problem is that tolerant has changed its meaning. It used to mean I may disagree with you completely, but I will treat you with respect. Today, tolerance means you must approve of everything I do. There's a difference between tolerance and approval. And Jesus accepted everyone, no matter who they were. But he doesn't approve of everything I do, or you do, or anybody else does either. You can be accepting without being approving. We can, our job is to love and to welcome. But that's not, let's not mistake that for approving. Because here's the goal of this whole thing about following Jesus. The whole reason that Jesus came because we have sin and we needed a savior is this, is 
that it's about changing, not embracing. Every single one of us, no matter what, what your, what your addiction is, no matter what your, your issue is today, it's way bigger than just the homosexual, homosexual agenda today. It's way bigger than that. Every single one of us, it's not about you excusing the way that you are. It's not about you excusing your sin. It's not about you embracing and saying, well, this is just me, and you just got to like me for me. No, 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 no. None of us, none of us have come to a place where we're like, this is me. All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It's about us constantly changing to become more like him. Because here's the reality. There's a big difference between struggling with sin and surrendering to it. There's a big difference to it. There's a, all of us struggle with sin, but don't surrender to it. Here's what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians, we go back to our text, chapter 6, verse 9 through 10. It says, don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality, or thieves, or greedy people, or drunkards, or abusive, or cheap people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. And if this is where it stopped, we're all in trouble. But thank God for verse 11. It says this, some of you were once like that. Right? Some of us, that's how, where uh, almost all of us in this place, we were like that at some place, some point, that list hit us somewhere along the way. And some of you, that's who you used to be. But there's a, this is marking a change. But is marking a transition. But you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God, not by all of your actions, but by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God, there's a transition. This is the goal. It's not to become more like me. It's to become more like him. And the only way that happens is for you to acknowledge where you are and call it what it is so that you can become all he desires you to become. Romans chapter 8, verse 12 through 14 says, Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Here's what I want to say, and, and I just close with this and we end this. Hear my heart today as your pastor. Today it's not about this is not an invitation to make you more like Justin Graves. Today, this is not a sermon that says, you know what, you'll find your fulfillment in the arms of the opposite sex of that man or that woman. No, 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 because you're never going to find your fulfillment there. Today, it's about an invitation. No matter where you are, this isn't about po po pointing out one jelly bean today. It's about saying no matter where you are in this gamut, it's an invitation to relationship and to the arms of the nail-pierced hands who died on a cross, a man named Jesus Christ who came to rescue you and me from our sinful nature. And the invitation is this. 
to come and hand him your good life and trade in your good life for a better life. Because Jesus said, I came to this earth not to condemn you, not to judge. We all know John 3.16, but John 3.17 is just as powerful. I came not to condemn you, but that the world might be saved through me. I came that you might have life, is what it says in John. That you may have life and have it more abundantly. That's the invitation today. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And I thank you right now for your goodness to us. And Lord, sometimes when we get into really sensitive topics, it's hard to listen to the truth. Because Lord, the truth hurts our feelings sometimes. And we want to say it's different for us and it's different for me. But God, your word, this is according to your, your word teaches us what is true and what is false, what is right and what is wrong. And so today, the message is not based on feelings, experiences, emotions. But Lord, I pray that your truth would go out with love and kindness. And it's not a judgment today, it's an invitation today to come to the nail-pierced hands, to be changed, to become more like you. And so God, I, I pray for us as a church, as Foundation Church, that we would understand our role. Our role is to love everyone, to welcome everyone, and not point everybody's sin out, but to point people to the cross point people to the nail-pierced hands, to point people to the Savior named Jesus Christ. And Lord, I ask, Father, for every single one of us that, Lord, maybe we've been calling our sin something other than what it is, an addiction. This is the way I am. This is just my thorn in the flesh, whatever it may be. The Lord, we would understand that, God, if everything ceases to be a sin, we're just fooling ourselves. And there was no need for you to come in the first place. But, God, we have a need for a Savior, every single one of us. And we have a need to change and not just embrace. To change to become more like you. Religion points to rules. Man, Christianity points to a Savior. And so, God, this isn't pointing to rules today. It's pointing people to a relationship with you. And so, God, I pray today, man, that we would stop running, that we would stop fighting, that we would stop hiding, and we would start surrendering and walk into that relationship that you have and you want with us. With heads bowed and eyes closed this afternoon, if you're here and you say, Justin, I'm here today. And I've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of my life. We want to give you a chance to change that. Today, you know what? It, it, it may be about, I'm just not where I should be in my relationship with Jesus Christ. Hear me, it's not judgment today. It's not about one black jelly bean today. It's about, man, where are you at? What have you been excusing and what needs to change? And today, the invitation is to a personal relationship with him and some of you maybe it's a first time decision or maybe it's just a recommitment but when I get to three all I want you to do is raise your hand and we're going to lead you in a prayer 
to change your life. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today you say, Justin, that's me. There's one hand, there's two hands. Is there anyone else you join? These two hands are lifted before we go any further in service today. You say, man, that's me, and there's a change that needs to happen in my life. Is there anyone else? Yeah, I see your hand. I see your hand. Is there anyone else? You join these four or five hands that are raised. Is there anyone else before we go any further? You say, Justin, yeah, I see it. Is there anyone else? Say, Justin, that's me today. And you join these five or so hands that raise their hand. Is there people that raise their hands. Is there anyone else? If you raise your hand, man, you may be at home watching online or you may be here today in person. If you would repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart, Jesus, I come before you today. And I confess that I've sinned. I confess that I've messed up and fallen short of the plan you have for me. But I ask for your forgiveness. God, I repent of the life I was living and I turn to the life that you have for me. And I grab hold of the life you have for me. And I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at Nicole at foundationschurch.tv. that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.